Thank you, Jesus. Just one thing that I want to do. I don't want to lose this atmosphere. You know, we have a church app, and uh, someone put something on there last night, something going on in their family. And I just want to gather around this person and just pray for them, okay? You ladies, please, let's gather around. Adriana mentioned this morning that she didn't know what kingdom looked like. This is what kingdom looks like, Adriana. When you look in the mirror, that's what kingdom looks like. You are kingdom. You don't have to find it because you carry kingdom. So, Lord, we just lift up Adriana to you right now, Father, and we just speak peace into this body, Lord, peace into this mind, Father. Help her remember who she is and who she is when she walks into a room. She doesn't have to look for kingdom because she is kingdom, Father. She is kingdom. She carries your heart, Lord, and we just speak peace to her right now, Lord, peace and strength, wisdom, provision, faith, Father. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, you are a good God, and you love this little girl. You love her, Father. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for bringing her to us, Lord. Thank you, Father, that she's not afraid to take us into a place of worshiping you, Lord. Thank you for her heart, Father. Thank you for all the things that you've done. Thank you for what you're doing in her life, Lord. Father, there's nothing that's going to stop this girl. There's nothing, Father, that's going to stop this girl where she's going to take us. As you move through her, Lord, thank you, Father. We just speak blessings on her. Blessings in the name of Jesus. Blessings in the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. I don't mind just everybody get her hug. Give her as all the kingdom she can take. Everybody, we got all day, <laughs> all day air day. <laughs> just a quick testimony. This is a testimony right here, just what happened, because who we were before was not this, and God's done a great work in us as a body.
So good morning. Good, that's a good morning right there. <clears throat> this is awesome. How many of you guys have enjoyed this weekend? It's been so good. So, so good. Sometimes when I'm up here, I like to just, um, this is still a new venture for me, so I like to just kind of make eye contact, and it's not to intimidate. Thank you, John. <laughs> it's not for any other reason but for me, I promise you. You guys look good this morning. Thank you, Carrie. <coughs> I'm trying to think of announcements, and I don't know that we have any. We do have a sign-up sheet up front for Angel Tree Baskets. I think it's almost full, but I'm not sure. But I'm looking at Maryland because I don't really know what's happening. Amen, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, guys. This was awesome. Adriana, I hope you felt loved because you are loved. Yes. So I'm going to hand this mic over to Chris because that's what I do very awkwardly. <laughs> I don't have any other thing. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that, you're right. Chris wanted me to mention his name because I forgot he likes it. <laughs> what I love to do up here is make Chris very uncomfortable, and then he tries like not to explain, but he is explaining because he doesn't want to sound guilty if he explains but he explains it anyway in a very subtle way. <laughs> so we can all do a round of Chris, 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 Chris. That's good. Are you good? All right, here we go. <laughs> I love Remember the Titans. There's a part in there where he says, Welcome to my life, Yotes. You all get a dose of that every week. <laughs> anyway. Man, he's good, amen? Man, it's so amazing that uh, we can, we just live there. We live in his goodness, amen? Um, yeah, man, it's just really good. I'm really grateful that, um, that we're all in this place with people like y'all that really just come with that heart to just, just love on him. And see what happens, uh, and uh, it's just a, it's a real honor and a privilege. Um, but man, that was just really really awesome this morning, uh, and then to see that kingdom, right? Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot going on this weekend. It's been pretty mind blowing, uh, and um, we've been really excited to have Dub and Ryan and Justin. Man, uh, man, I hope that uh, you all got to. Spend some time, you know, chatting with or whatever. Um, Dub's new book that just he just came out, uh, From the Cult to the Kingdom. Uh, they're up here, and uh, Cinda made an awesome sign. says they're free. I don't know if he told her to do that or if that's just her giving kingdom heart. And she said, I'm giving all your books away, Dad. I totally think she would do something like that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they're up here uh, after service. If you want to come and grab one, please do. And, uh, man, um, one thing I didn't mention the other two days, uh, and really we just got to run in and just, it, it, you know, with everything going on, um, they're on our church app uh, for giving. Uh, Sarah can point you in all that direction because I don't know anything about it other than it's there. Um, but there's a, a, a tab to be able to give uh, for Dub coming down. And, um, you know, 
he brought his whole family. They've been down here for the whole weekend, and uh, so we want to honor that, right? Uh, I love something you said a couple of years ago to us. It, it blew me away is that honor is the currency of the kingdom, and I've stuck with that. You know, most of us in here know that, and we live with that. So let's, let's walk that out with him in this time. Let's, let's give, amen? Um, the, uh, yeah, anyway, he's good, amen? We'll leave it right there. So, Doug, why don't you come on up, man, and I think we got everything rolling. Yeah. Could we get that board up? Hey, Justin, would you help him grab that uh, whiteboard, man? Oh, John's on it, man. It's all good. He's faster. His stride is uh, incredible. Hilarious. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so I'm super excited to be with you guys again. And uh, man, I love coming down here. I love this church and all the kingdom people that are up in here. We're going to have a good time today. Uh, if, uh, if you have never heard me run my mouth before, just put your hand up in the air real quick so I can see. All right, a few of y'all. Awesome. Well, We'll pray for y'all today that uh, I'm just playing. Uh, so uh, my first book, From the Cult to the Kingdom, just came out on October 22nd. And uh, so a brief uh, picture of this. I grew up in South Oak Cliff, which is inner city Dallas, and um, was the only white kid in my neighborhood, loved basketball and rap. And, uh, you know, the cards were kind of stacked against me in both those areas. Uh, but I prevailed in one. Uh, I'll let you guess which one that was. And uh, so when I was around 11, my parents were atheists. They were just like anti-everything that had any sort of organization to it. So anti-government, anti-organized education, anti-organized uh, medicine. And so we were homeschooled. I'm number five out of ten. was born at home. Um, and, you know, just kind of an awkward family uh, in the hood. Uh, my parents were atheists. They taught us there was no God. Uh, when I was around 11, we met this other large, awkward family named uh, the Scots, and uh, they were going to a cult down in Waco, Texas. Uh, not that one, but same town, same time, right? So uh, now it's called Heritage Homestead. At the time, it was called Koinonia. And uh, they're kind of like an Amishy type uh, situation, and so like they're like, they're like farming with horses, and like, uh, like the dudes like all had like... Uh, <laughs> Like, uh, you know, suspenders and, like, round-toe boots and straw hats. And, and the ladies were, like, you know, trying to make ankles sexy again. Like, they had, like, the long, long dresses. Some of y'all get that on the way home. It's cool. And they, you know, had the, the bump and the bun thing going on. And, and so uh, my parents, like, really gravitated towards that. And so uh, now I live in the hood. And, but, like, my sisters and my mom, like, they're wearing long dresses and, like, growing their hair out, and it's, like, super awkward, right? So now my friends are, like, riding by the house. They're, like, little house on the prairie. <laughs> I'm, like, shut up, man. This is weird. And so I uh, went down there for a few years, and then we got kicked out. So my dad just started his own cult, so that's cool. And uh, I generally like to lead with that. Like, hey, my name's Dub. My dad's a cult leader. And uh, <laughs> half of y'all are, like, tell me more. Half of y'all are, like, I knew it, honey. Let's go. I saw it all over him the minute he walked in. <laughs> and so I uh, ran away from home when I was 16, got taken in by an awesome family named the Urquharts. Uh, Mark and Cinda Urquhart, my daughter Cinda, is named after her. They became my family. And uh, through a long journey, chain of events, from uh, starting in that, came into a uh, healthy prophetic culture. 
and uh, learning how to take the prophetic gifting, develop it into a prophetic skill set uh, that can affect the world, and, uh, you know, had a, had a respectable career in the music scene, and then found myself uh, working in government prophetically. And so I, I currently uh, work as a UN liaison within the United Nations, and I work with government officials all around the world where I simply hear the strategies of heaven, verbally engineer it into language that the government official can receive and understand, uh, and so that the people can be blessed. I call it the strategies of heaven delivered in the styles of the kings, all for the sake of the people. And so I've been doing that for a few years, met Daniel McCollum, uh, who has become a spiritual father to me. And uh, one day we were at lunch and he said, Dub, would you rather sit with a king of the earth once a week or would you rather raise up thousands who sit with kings daily? And I'm about impact. I was like, man, let's raise up thousands who sit with kings daily. And he was like, well, you need to start a school and, and begin to teach and train people how to, how to do what you do, how, you know, what it is that you know and how it is that you move so that uh, we can impact the world, we can infiltrate the systems of the world with the goodness of God and see transformation take place. And so that's what this story is all about. And so, Cinda, would you grab these uh, books right here? I've got seven left. And uh, so if anybody uh, hasn't gotten one of these and would like it, or if you have one, but you have a friend you'd like to give one to, if you'll just raise your hand, Cinda will bring you one, and uh, we'll just spread the word. So got a couple right back there. Awesome. Thank you, Cinda. Give Cinda a hand. She's always helping. Appreciate that. Uh, my beautiful wife, Beth, is with us as well, and she's got a word for you guys. So come on up, Beth. Uh, yeah, so this is just real quick a word um, for the church, really. Uh, so it was not last night, but the night before, really, it's like three o'clock in the morning and I was awake. Um, and I got the, the movie Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I was like, hmm. And I heard Holy Spirit say it, it's for core church. And I was like, the movie? Like, you know, you have to process um, and so I started thinking about the movie, and I was like, what are you wanting to say? And um, what I began to realize is um, kind of the three main characters in that movie are the uh, Hermie the Elf, right? He's the one who, um, he's different. He doesn't want to be a toy maker. He actually wants to be a dentist, which technically means he walks in wisdom, right? Okay. Um, then you have Rudolph, who is the carrier of light, and he shows the direction. He points the way. And then you have Yukon Cornelius, um, which, is, um, <laughs> which is the gold prospector, the one who's able to see the gold and the one who's able to dig it out. Um, and so I started thinking about that. And then, of course, there's the land of the misfit toys, right? And these three, wisdom, light, pointing the direction, and able to pull out the gold, these three go to the land of the misfits, and they actually rescue them, right? They save them, and they bring them out of, of the land of the lost, basically, right? The land of the forgotten. And so I just, I see that over this church, and every time I, I come here, it's just, and you've said it over and over, but there is that family aspect, and it's, it's something I honestly have never seen in any other church that I've gone to or traveled with Dove and that kind of thing. I've never experienced it like in a church that we even were a part of. And so I just think it's amazing. And I just see that over this church that y'all walk in wisdom. You, you see the gold and people that would 
sometimes be considered the misfits, the ones that other people are like, yeah, they're, they're just in the land of the lost. But you're like, no, just because it's a train with square wheels doesn't mean that they're not, they don't have a purpose, right? Um, and so I just see that over y'all, and I just want to, I just thank y'all for doing that and for standing in that and for um, guiding the way and being the light um, for others to follow and making that path uh, for others to see those misfits um, turn into being able to uh, stand in their purpose and find where they belong and, and start to, quote unquote, fit in, even though we're not really supposed to fit in. But you know what I mean. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just want to release that out over y'all, and I just thank y'all for what you're doing. So, awesome. Come on, babe. I love, you know, there's so many things that she modeled there as far as, uh, you know, like the dentist piece. Like, why does a dentist, why does that mean wisdom? Why does that point to wisdom? Well, as you grow, you know, your, your teeth come in, and that's like a marker of age, right? And then, like, there's a whole new set of teeth that comes in. The last ones that come in are what? Your wisdom teeth, right? And so that's like such a tool, you know? It's that conversational piece. If the Lord gives you a word, asking him, okay, what does that mean, you know? Because he speaks... Uh, I was with uh, Brian Simmons three weeks ago, I think. We did a conference together in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, have you, any of you read the Passion Translation? So I was hanging out with Brian, and uh, one of the things that he said was, uh, he said, God's language is not Hebrew. God's language is picture. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, all throughout Scripture, how is God communicating? He's communicating through picture, right? And so pictures require interpretation. Like, what does the picture mean, right? And so, like what Beth did there, well, the dentist, what's up with the dentist? Well, it's about teeth, it's about wisdom. Ah, so there's a grace for wisdom, you know? And so that, that gift, the prophetic gift is what it is that you receive. The prophetic skill or the prophetic word is what it is that you give. There's a difference between the gift and the give. Does that make sense? How many of you have ever, uh, someone has come and given you their gifting rather than a gift? And the prophetic, right? So one time I was at the church, and uh, this lady comes up to me, and she's like, when you were up there, there was like a purple cloud around you. And I saw three gold coins in your right pocket, and there was a baby koala holding your ankle. I hope that blesses you. And she was gone. And I was like, I have no idea what just happened. Like, the baby koala, right? Uh, but, you know, what she didn't understand is that was her gifting at work. All of those things meant something. But she should have processed through that in a conversation with Holy Spirit to create the gift that she could have handed me that I would have understood, right? And so I love that. I love that, you know, you got a word for them from a Christmas movie. My girls, like, love Christmas. <laughs> so much. I was gone for like two days, like two weeks ago, and I came back, and it was like a Christmas explosion in my house already. Lights out front, every, the whole thing. I was like, it's like barely November. <laughs> they were like, and? <laughs> you did say that. It's true. I had nothing to say. You had it. It's good. So... Um, yeah, expect the Lord to speak to you in your language through things that you love and then process it into the place where anybody can receive it. That's good stuff. So uh, one of the things I'm really enjoying right now is getting to travel with teams and uh, to be able to bring in different graces, giftings, and messages. And so uh, this, this trip has been with Justin 
Fahrenheit, <laughs> Fahrenbrook over here, and uh, Ryan Pena. And so uh, I'm going to give these guys, uh, I'm going to have Justin come up before I teach for a little bit, and then I have Ryan wrap things up. But Justin, come up here, man, and uh, just share whatever, whatever's on your heart right now, bro. Give it up for Justin Fahrenbrook, please. Right. Wow. You know, um, during worship, you know, the Lord was just showing me how good he really is. You know, this is why I really love Dub and Ryan and, and even Chris. Um, and the other members of the church, you know, I, I, the Lord has given me an opportunity to travel, and I get to go to a couple different churches, and I've seen quite a few different churches, and uh, I want to let y'all know, the Lord was showing me, and I want to let y'all know how blessed you guys really are, because you have, you have leaders here that really carry the heart of God, and they really love people, man, and that's one thing that, you know, that I believe is missing, that's lacking in the church, and that is partly because of bad dad theology, because they don't know who the good father is, and then he's in us, right? And so, you know, I got, I got the chance this weekend to, uh, you know, come out here, and it's all been the Lord. And I just want to share with you guys, it's not a coincidence that we're all sitting here today, right? And so yesterday, I showed you my story a little bit. I told you I was from Saginaw, Michigan. Nobody has any idea where Saginaw is from, right? So we went out yesterday, and I'm sitting down. I sit down at a table, and as I'm talking to this guy. It was me and Chris, and this guy, I didn't know him, Gabe, right? And I sit down, I'm like, he's like, where are you from? I said, Saginaw, Michigan. He takes a bite of his, his food, and he kind of looks back down. I'm like, oh, he must not have heard me, you know. He keeps talking, and then a little minute later, he says, where are you from? I'm like, bro, you just, you just asked me that. I was like, I'm from Saginaw, Michigan. And he's like, huh. And he keeps looking, he keeps eating. And he's still talking to Chris, and then he looks at me, he goes, I'm from Saginaw. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> true. I'm like, so I'm like, whoa, this is the craziest thing. You know, I come all the way to Houston from Saginaw, Michigan, and look how big God is. You know, to us, the world is so big, but to God, it's like, I will put you right where you need to go at the right place at the right time, right? So I just confirm with all you guys that it's not a coincidence that we're all sitting here today. You know, God's got you here for a plan and a purpose here in 2021. He didn't, he didn't just by accident, you popped up and boom, you're here. No, God had a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us right here in this time right now. You know, what's the Bible say? John 3, 16. Can y'all say it with me? For Everybody knows that verse, right? For God so loved the world, right? He loved the world, not hated the world, not condemned the world. He loved the world, right? But then I started searching. I started digging in, my, in, in the Bible, not my word, the Bible. John 17 says, you know, Jesus actually defines what is eternal life. And he says in John 17, he says this, that he says, eternal life is that you know the Father. So, so for so long, I go to all these churches all around. I know you guys got a great church. And I know you've already heard this before, but Peter and Paul both said that it's, it's okay to remind you some of the things that they've already spoke to you. So I'm just going to remind you some of the same things, right? So John 17 says that it's eternal life that you know the Father. And that word know in the Greek is an intimate type of know, like I know my wife, like an intimate type of relationship. So when I got born again, that was the beginning of my eternal life. So I'm no longer looking for one day when I get to heaven, right? The Bible says that we should be infiltrating this world, you know? And so in Matthew 13, 33, it says the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that when it entered the dough, thanks, duh, when it entered the dough, it permeated the yeast and entered the whole thing. You know, and so I ask people this, if your main goal of Christianity is one day when you die, you get to go to heaven, why would Jesus pray in John 17 that I pray that you do not take them from the world, but you leave them in the world? That's not what I said. That's what the Bible says. And so whose prayer do you think is going to get answered? The one who's praying, oh, Lord, just rapture me up. 
Or do you think it's going to be Jesus who said, no, leave them in the world, Father? It's going to be Jesus. Sorry, newsflash. It's going to be Jesus. You know, so I just started reading it. And I'm like, man, you know, so I, I just started to believe. I started having this relationship, that one-on-one relationship with the Father. And he started showing me, son, I got a plan and a purpose for you here on this earth. And it's not just for me. It's for each and every one of us. We all have different spheres. We all have different people. We all have, you know, in your school, in your job. And that's why I love what Dub teaches is because it's, we need to go into the world, infiltrate the world, right? The Bible says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on where? As it is in heaven. So my home is actually, yes, I'm in heaven. I'm seated in heaven in heavenly places, but I have dual citizenship. So when I was born again, now I'm in heaven, but I'm also on earth here to infiltrate this earth to make it look like heaven. So everywhere I go, and the one thing that the Lord was showing me too, and you know, I'm, I'm new to the prophetic scene, I'm learning in the prophetic, but he showed me glory bombs. When y'all were singing that glory thing, I just seen bombs blowing up of his glory in this city. You know what I mean? And it's going to start in the police station. You know, and that's where you guys, as a church family, I want y'all, who was here yesterday? Okay, and if you don't, go back and get the tape, because when they were strategizing up here, that was for a church as a family, but also, I'm taking that for myself in my own personal life. You can use them strategies anywhere. Bible says in the king, you know, what, what Dub says, and what I believe, and what Chris, and what y'all believe, the kingdom of God should work everywhere. So those strategies that were up here, man, I'm taking them back to my city. Now, it's not just for Houston, it's for every city. You can use them strategies in every aspect of your life. You can take them to your school, your workplace, your family, your, your family reunions if you go to them. You know, you can go to all them places and infiltrate every one of those with the kingdom. Amen? So, you know, I just, you know, I, I just love the opportunity to get up here and share. Thank you, Dub. Thank you, Chris. And the Lord was really working on my heart. And I just wanted to share one more thing. I'm going to be short. But you know what? The Bible says that when I was dead in my transgressions and my sins, God came and saved me. So if God can use a 14-year drug addict, if God can use somebody like me, he can sure use somebody like you. So don't discredit yourself. You have the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, living inside of you, man. It says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Come on, man. He's in you. He's in us. And I go around and I preach revivals and I tell them, this is revival. You have it already on the inside of you, man. Let's unlock it and let's go out and use it. Let's put it into practice and start showing the world what it is that we have inside of us. Amen? Amen. Come on, man. All right, wait. I bless you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll give it back to Dub. Love you guys. All right, man. Yeah, appreciate that, brother. Ooh, good stuff. All right, man. So, uh, yeah, it's about that infiltration piece. You know, we were uh, working this weekend on apostolic activation, uh, you know, getting clarity and articulation surrounding the prophetic identity of core church. And then what does that look like as it moves, as it goes into the city, as it begins to affect things, as the glory of God shows up? Uh, you know, when you show up, God shows up because he joyfully chose to take up residency within you, not begrudgingly. Well, you know, they prayed the prayer, so I guess you're going to have to sit in there. <laughs> no, he's like, yes, yes, you invited me in, and we are one now. We are in union, right? Uh, and so when you show up, God shows up, which means, did you know that heaven is a dimension within God? So God is not in heaven. Scripture says that the heavens, plural, cannot contain him. Because if God was in heaven, that would mean there was something bigger than God in which God sat. So heaven is actually a dimension within God that he chooses to express himself in a specific way. So if heaven is in God and God is in you, where's heaven? In you. Man, so when you show up, God shows up. When you show up, heaven shows up. The atmosphere of heaven. When you show up, the strategies of heaven shows up. 
Paul said, you have current tense, the mind of Christ. That means you and Jesus share headspace. That's why the strategies are there when you show up. And so when we show up, everything should change. Everything should look different. Uh, The original intent of mankind is the kingdom, which is the extension of the heart and the authority of God from the unseen realm into the seen realm through you and I. I'm going to say that again. The kingdom is the extension of the heart, the love, and the authority, the power of God from the unseen realm into the seen realm through you and I. That's what the kingdom is. It's the original intent of man. Genesis 126, we're eavesdropping on a conversation amongst the Holy Spirit. The, the Father and Jesus, the Word, right? And they've always existed within the context of loving relationship, and they enjoyed it so much, they said, let's create a family. Let's make sons and daughters. Let's expand this thing. That's the reason for which you exist. Let us create mankind in our likeness and image. What is the likeness and the image of God? It's family. It's three persons in one being existing in loving relationship. And let them have dominion. There's your purpose. You are to have dominion, not over people, but over territory, atmospheres, and things. When you show up with authority, boom, everything can change. Everything can shift. And so kingdom reformers are people who have revived hearts, who strategically and intentionally integrate heaven's solutions into the world's systems of influence. And that's what we're called to do. In the Great Commission, Jesus says, go into all nations, teaching and training them what to do. Disciple nations. That word disciple is the word mathetuo, which means to teach and train. And then if you continue on with the definition, it says to cause to know. Has anyone ever caused you to know something you didn't know before? That's revelation. You experienced a revelation. Oh my gosh, now I know something that I did not know before. To cause to know, revelation. To form by instruction. That's reformation. We as kingdom people are called to go to the already formed systems and structures in the world, in your city, and to reform them to align with God's original intent for them. Do you know God has a great idea about how to do public education? And it probably doesn't look like how most public education is being done right now. So, not probably. So, so God is waiting for prophetic kingdom reformers, people who have developed that prophetic gifting into a practical skill, who understand the revelation of the kingdom, know that when they show up, God shows up, that the atmosphere of heaven shows up, that the strategies of the kingdom show up, and that are intent on reforming the systems of the world to look like heaven's way of doing things, right? And when we bring that reformation, we will form by instruction, and then the last thing that this word mathetuo means, okay, so to cause to know, revelation, to form by instruction, reformation, the last definition is to direct the growth of. That's rulership. That's rulership. If Jesus is the king of kings and he's your king, what does that make you? Y'all are kings. You know you can't reproduce what you are not. Have you ever seen two dogs have a litter of kittens? Whoa, you better call a young priest and an old priest, like immediately. (laughs) Something is not right, okay? You reproduce after your own kind. You are in the image and the likeness of the king of kings. That makes you a king, all right? 
So, rulership, you're made to rule. You're, you, are, you are made to have an ear for revelation because God is speaking. He loves to communicate. You're made to have an eye for reformation. Ah, what is off here? And what needs to be tweaked and changed so that it aligns with God's original intent for this thing? And you are made to have a heart for rulership, understanding that as you rule and reign, that is for the benefit of others. You see, in the kingdom, dominion and rulership is the ultimate act of servanthood. So when you rule and reign, that means that you are showing up as the most valuable player in the room, the MVP. And that shouldn't be hard because God is literally living in you, (laughs) and he knows all the things. So it shouldn't be hard to be the most valuable player in any room, right? And then you are choosing to leverage that on behalf of everybody else, right? And so an ear for revelation, an eye for reformation, and a heart for rulership. So let's talk a little bit about what it looks like to be able to bring change to your city. So if the goal of the kingdom and for this local expression of the body of Christ that is core church is to change city culture, the culture of your city, to change it in such a way that it reflects the culture of heaven. All right, that's the goal. So the first thing that you have to understand that a city is made up of individuals, And the culture is, of a city is made up of these individuals' lifestyles, the way that they live their life, the way that they think about things, the way that they do things, the way that they communicate. The, the individual lifestyles of the citizens of a city produce the city's culture. Is everybody with me so far? All right, so if the goal is to change the culture of Conroe, so that the culture of this city reflects heaven's culture, then we have to see, okay, what determines an individual's lifestyle? And what determines an individual's lifestyle is the belief system, belief system of the individual. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You only do what you believe, all right? So here's the deal. How did the belief systems get established? Well, the belief systems, what an individual thinks about a thing, has been based upon experiences. Have you ever met somebody who thinks radically differently about a topic than you do? But if you'll have a conversation with them, you discover, oh, the reason that you believe that is because you have experienced this thing that I have never experienced. Does that make sense? So the experiences of the individual are going to end up producing their belief system, which will manifest in their lifestyle, and the individual's lifestyles in a community will dictate the culture of the city. Now, when you have an experience, there is one step that takes place between the moment of that experience and the solidification in the belief system And this is called the validation process. Validation process. Okay? So, uh, like I mentioned, I grew up in the hood. And uh, I remember one time uh, I I got into a little fight. And this dude hit me, and he was so fast that he hit me like three times, and I was like startled, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) pat, 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 right? And it was like so fast, and then he's just like standing there. 
And I had to like process through, like, I think I just got punched in the face three times faster than I've ever been punched in the face before. And, like, and did he actually punch me? Because like, I didn't even see his hand like come back, right? It was just like, he kind of squared up and then pat, pat, pat. And he, then he's just standing there looking at me. And I'm like, so I had this experience and it required a response. But there was a moment of validation of, I need a moment, sir, to, to determine what has transpired in these last few moments and what is the wisest course of action forwards, which I decided was, whoa, man, let's talk this out. <laughs> so I was like, if I just got tagged three times in the face and didn't even like, I had to think about it, this is not going to end well if this proceeds down this path. Okay. So I had to shift into diplomat mode. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go have my people call your people. Okay, so there's a validation process that takes place. So whatever you experience, you have to decide what is true about this experience that I just had. Now, once that experience process is through the validation process, then it becomes a belief system, and that belief system is going to manifest in your lifestyle. Now, how many of you just really have enjoyed watching the news over these last 16 months? Boo. All right. And why is that? Because the world is trying to change people's belief systems. And the way that they are doing that is by bringing their opinion to the table. Mmm, that's great. All right. Because when you bring an opinion to a belief system, the issue is that it doesn't force somebody into a validation process. Because it's not an experience. You're just running your mouth about your opinion. And so what do they do? Ignore it, tell you their opinion, right? No change, no transformation takes place when an opinion is presented to a belief system. Are you guys with me? All right, so this is the way that uh, the religious spirit and the political spirit work. Here's the religious spirit. And here is the political spirit. And really, they are very similar in many ways. It's just that this one operates within the church, and this one operates within the world. But both of them are in opposition to the kingdom. Okay, so you got the kingdom over here. The kingdom. All right, now... So the religious spirit shows up presenting their opinion in an accusatory way, all right? So they come in with accusation. How dare you? Okay? They're very accusatory in how they present their opinion. Uh, and so we've got a lot of nonsense going around in the church right now with uh, people trying to change people's belief systems with their opinion. Uh, the political system uh, comes in with victimization, Victimization, all right? So where the religious spirit says, how dare you, the political spirit says, how could you? How could, are you not thinking about this people group over here and how they feel about it? And, and they, they're all about playing that victim card to force you to change your belief system. 
The religious spirit comes in pretty much usually more on the side of how dare you think anything differently than what we think, all right? And so they try to force you to change your belief system through accusation. Now, in all of this, the issue is, is that nothing changes. I, I don't have a single belief system in my life that has been formed through a Facebook battle. <laughs> right? I've never, like, gotten into it on Facebook and then afterwards been like, you know what? I think he's right. I just had a moment of revelation. No, that doesn't happen, right? Because that's simply opinions being presented towards belief systems. That doesn't change anything because what has to happen is you cannot present a belief system with an opinion and expect transformation to occur. Rather, you must become an encounter. Because when you become an encounter, you naturally provide people with experiences. So when they talk to you, you're not just running your mouth about an opinion. They are having an encounter with the heart of God. It feels differently than anything they've ever felt before and sounds differently than anything they've ever heard before and looks differently than anything they've ever seen before. And that experience that you give them because you have become a living encounter forces them where? Into a validation process. Because they can't just brush off your opinion. You have provided them with an experience and now they must decide, what will I do with this experience? How will I categorize this? What will I determine is true about what happened or not? Now, they can choose to, uh, to agree with a lie about what happened or even intentionally lie to themselves about what happened. But at least you've put them in the place where they're in the validation process because it's only through this process that you have an opportunity to change the belief system, which will change the lifestyle, which will dictate the, indivi the individual's lifestyles uh, together will dictate the culture of the city, okay? Now, in all of this, you also have the system of darkness. Everybody say boo. All right, yeah. So you'll never hear me call it the kingdom of darkness because they don't have a king. You have to have a king in order to have a kingdom, and Satan was dethroned. All right. So, system of darkness also provides people with experiences. How many of you have ever encountered the violence of the system of darkness uh, without permission coming against you? All right. Now, the difference between these two encounters is that the kingdom, when you become an, uh, an encounter, this is a visitation, visitation that uh, that provides an awakening. A visitation that provides an awakening. When the system of darkness shows up, that is an assault that results in a violation. Okay? So, this is what's going on in, in your city, in the world, and everybody that you know. Everybody that you know has encountered something that came into their life without permission that comes from the system of darkness that was an assault of violence against who they are, all right? So they have some belief systems that have been formed by this. You are to become a visitation of awakening of the kingdom. You are to become a living encounter with the goodness of God. When people encounter you and have a conversation with you, they should be experiencing the tangible kindness, wisdom, goodness of God, all right? So, 
how does, how does Core Church become an encounter? Well, that's what we were working on because we were strategizing yesterday in the apostolic activation on how, what are strategies, how can you show up and provide experiences for people that are going to do what? Force them into a validation process, which will change belief systems, which will change lifestyles and change the city's culture. Now, when Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he warns them uh, about two kinds of leaven or yeast, what does he call those two? The leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisees. Ah, so what is that? The leaven of the Pharisees is the religious spirit. The leaven of Herod is the political spirit. And have you ever noticed how it took the partnership of those two realms in order to crucify Jesus? Okay? The, 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 uh, the, the keepers of the law under the old covenant, they have wanted to kill Jesus for at least three years. But they didn't have the authority to do it. The governmental political system of the time had the authority. And so they had to go and work with the political spirit. The religious spirit and the political spirit had to work together in order to crucify Jesus. Now, both, all of this has been defeated now, right? Because of what Jesus did. We live from a place of victory. Right? We are, I love how Ryan says that we are enforcers of the victory. We're not battling for victory. Jesus already won. We're simply enforcing the victory that has already taken place on the cross. Okay? So, for us, these are distractions. The religious spirit is a distraction. The political spirit is a distraction. But what are the two things that divide the church the most right now? What's your denomination and your belief system? And who did you vote for? Which side of the aisle on you are you on? Right? Both sides like to demonize each other. And both of that's dumb. Both of that's dumb. I don't think that's good grammar, but you know what I mean. Because <laughs> I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. I'm kingdom. I'm not saying don't vote your values. You should. But your, your identification should be, I'm a citizen of the kingdom. And from that place, I vote. Okay? This whole red and blue nonsense, right? Donkey, elephant nonsense. Come on, man. <laughs> I just thought of a cheesy joke, but I kept it in. I was like, <laughs> all right. So, so if you are, but here's the deal. There's this thing on discernment right now that's a big deal. Um, we, we were, uh, we've been talking this weekend and some things came out about, uh, Ryan was talking about how uh, the first time that the waters parted, it was because the man of God, you know, he, he lifted the staff above the water. The second time it, it, the waters parted, uh, when Israel was needing to cross a river, uh, they put their foot in the river and the, and the waters parted. And he was saying, you know, the first time it had to do with the authority of the man of God. The second time it was just the identity of the children. And the Lord began to talk to me about uh, how weird it is that, you know, we all have fingerprints but you all have toe prints. We like never think about that, right? But your toe prints are just as, I know, it's hilarious, are just as unique as your fingerprints. And so why would God put toe prints on you? Ah, because the earth is supposed to respond to you. The earth is supposed to recognize, oh, this is a son or a daughter of God. So when Moses stood before the burning bush, God says, take your shoes off for where you're standing is holy ground. It wasn't that Moses was being disrespectful by having his shoes on. God was saying, hey, that ground, it's holy. You should take off any separation and get you some of that goodness. Touch that. 
touch that, right? And so um, there's this thing about when it comes to unlocking things, what's the history of that? Well, it started with something called a skeleton key, right? And so you had a specific key that was a tool that would only open one specific lock. And then from there, we went to electronic card access, an electronic card reader. And that one card had the ability to open many different doors. Are you with me? Then we, went to, we started going to biometric readers. And what would you use? You would put your hand on it, and it would read your fingerprints, and whatever was for you would unlock. Are you seeing that this is like, this is a kingdom revelation, right? So the kingdom revelation that the church was walking in 100 years ago, we just had a skeleton key. We had a couple of keys that would unlock a couple of things. And then it got to, oh, well, there's, this is my card. It has my info on it, and it can unlock a lot of stuff. Oh, and now, wow, God has some things that are specifically for me. You see, the key card opens up the things that are available for all the kingdom people, but there's some things that have your name on it. They're waiting for you to show up, and so you put your finger on it, and what happens? It reads who you are, and if it's for you, it unlocks for you. That's another upgrade. And then we go to, uh, they began to read the retina, right? Ah, and how many of you know that God said, whatever you see, you can ask for? Ah, you see how things are progressing. And now the newest form of identification is it reads the, the furthest point of your nose and the distance between that, distance and depth, between that and the center of your two pupils, because that's unique. So what's in that? Well, the nose, it points towards uh, discernment, right? So when you get the milk out of the fridge and it's like on the line, <laughs> you're like, I'm not sure if this milk is good or not. What do you do? You smell it. Why do you just smell it? You're discerning, is this good or is this bad, right? So now the Lord is saying, listen, now let's add discernment, okay, to what it is you can see. Because all things are permissible, but not all things are useful. There's all of this goodness out there, but what is it that you need right now? See, God is adding that discernment piece. And so I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about how to discern uh, the political spirit, the religious spirit, and the system of darkness. Uh, and this works anywhere. As Justin was saying, you know, if it's kingdom, it works everywhere. So you can tell it's kingdom because it works literally everywhere. So if we can throw that slide up there. Um, and just give me a thumbs up, Chris, when it's... Oh, boom, already. You guys are amazing. All right. So these are some ways that you can begin to discern if something is the kingdom of light, if something is the system of darkness, if something is from the religious spirit, or something is from the political spirit. Each one of these will have uh, a movement, a way that it moves. Each one of these will be motivated. It'll have a specific motivator. Each one will have a certain mark on it, an identifying mark. Each one will have a natural manifestation. Each one will have a general mode in which it operates. Each one will have a method by which it moves onto the scene. Each one will have specific messaging that will result in a specific fruit. And each one will have a motto, okay? So, kingdom advancement moves through infiltration, Right? Justin's talked about it. 
the kingdom, you are the yeast of the kingdom. That the woman, oh, the church took and kneaded into the dough, oh, the world, until the whole loaf had risen. The whole world's going to get better because you are in it, and the church is equipping you to go out and to be in it. Infiltration. All right? So, the kingdom advancement moves through infiltration motivated by or from a source of love. Its presence is marked by life. Wherever it is manifesting, you will find something being built. Because God's all about building things, right? He put the ability to build things within you. And, uh, you know, there's a difference between being a creator and being creative, right? Because there are even some animals that are creators, right? Beavers build, right? Birds build, right? Ants build, Hills, yeah, things, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so, but here's the deal. Birds have been building the same nest for thousands of years because they're creators, but they're not creative. You never, I've never been walking on about, oh, dang, like that bird built it like a double condo with a pool, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're not one up in one another. They all have a specific thing that they build, and it hasn't changed, Right? But we are, creator, we are creative creators, right? So everything gets better all the time. So something is going to be being built when the kingdom of light is present. Uh, the mode is giving. It's generosity. Uh, the method is invitation. We show up and we give people an encounter, uh, an, an experience by being a living encounter. And then you know what's going to happen? Hey, can you tell me more about that? Right? Because God does not force himself upon people. He gives people an experience, a visitation of awakening, and then he waits for the invitation to go further. And so it should be with prophetic kingdom reformers. So the method is invitation. Uh, the messaging will unify. And the motto is, I belong to you. I'm here to serve you. How can I help you? How many of you know that is God? Until Jesus came, every single God of every single religion in all of humanity and mankind had demands. You come to the place of my choosing at the time that I choose. You present the gift that I want from the position that I like the most, and then perhaps I'll have mercy on you. Perhaps I'll be kind to you. And in the midst of humanity, only having that picture of God, all of a sudden God comes to meet man where man is at at the right time, and he presents him in the way that man can receive him, and he gives himself as the gift, and then he humbly waits to see if his invitation will be reciprocated by an invitation from you. Okay? Ooh, all right. Let's see. The system of darkness, however, moves through intrusion. The system of darkness infects, moving through intrusion, motivated from a source of fear. Its presence is marked by death. It manifests in destruction. Its mode of expression is thievery, to steal, kill, and destroy. Its method of gaining agreement is through deception. Its message incites people against each other with no logic, and its motto is, you belong to me. Mm, so different. Now, the religious spirit influences... Through isolation. Oh, well, we'll just remove ourselves from this situation. 
and I'll take people with me. We are, we are too good for you. We can't be involved in all of your dirtiness and wickedness, right? We are so holy. <laughs> They're motivated by control. In other words, if I don't get what I want, I'm taking my ball and going home. Its presence is marked by shame. What is wrong with you? The difference between shame and guilt is guilt is what did you do? Shame is what is wrong with you, right? So whenever religion is around, it's marked by shame. It manifests in restriction. Here's the guidelines. Here's the rule book. Don't step outside of these lines. Check all the boxes. Its mode of expression is demanding. We demand that you do what it is that we want. Its method of gaining agreement is through manipulation. Its message separates, and its motto is, we don't belong. We're too good for this, right? (laughs) Jesus is like, go into all the world and disciple the nations. And the religious spirit is like, we should come out from among them. It's so dark out there. It's scary. They're doing bad things out there. It's so holy back here. They could be back here if they weren't so dirty. What are, what are you doing? Like We're made to infiltrate the world because we are the light. If it's dark out there, whose fault is it? Ours, because we're the light. If it's, if it's rotting out there, whose fault is it? Ours, because we're the salt. We're the preservative, right? Man, if it's flat out there, it's our fault because we're the yeast. Things aren't going to rise to where they belong without us, right? And the motto is, we don't belong with those people. <laughs> the political spirit influences moving in instability. Hmm, ah, so we have a two-party system that seems to be always shifting back and forth almost on a schedule, and it keeps the nation divided, and we're not sure what's going to happen, and, you know, the politician is going to make this list of promises and not deliver on any of it, right? And, oh, I thought I was voting because this person was going to do this, and then they didn't even do Oh, they even did the opposite thing? What's happening? Anytime there's instability, that's when the political spirit is moving, because if he can keep people off kilter, out of balance, then the agenda is able to advance because the political spirit influences moving through instability motivated by agenda, and its presence is marked by guilt. How could you do that? How could you think about making that decision that might hurt little Johnny over here? Right? They're playing the victim card. Okay? And they, you know, that, that blackmail piece, you would be shocked at how prevalent blackmail, blackmail is in governmental structures, both global, federal, local, all that, right? Because it's guilt. If I can get a record of you doing something wrong, right? You see, religion is like, you're wrong. You're messed up. You're a dirty sinner. And you better toe the line. Yeah, you cashed in on the blood of Jesus, so now God can stand you. But ever since that day, it's on you. <laughs> all right? But the political spirit will guilt you into things. It, it, it will manifest in corruption. Wherever you see corruption at play, ah, the political spirit's working there. Its mode of expression is dictating. This is what you must do. You see, the religious spirit will demand things of you based upon moral principle, whereas the political spirit will dictate this is what you must do based upon legal principle 
or overreach of that. Its method of gaining agreement is through coercion, forcing you to do it. That's that blackmail piece again. Its message divides, and its motto is, you don't belong. All right. So, here's the deal. All of these three, the system of darkness, the religious spirit, and the political spirit, all of them have power, okay? They all have influence, but none of them have authority. So the kingdom of light has power, influence, and authority. So we win every time. It doesn't matter what it is that we come up against. We win because Jesus already won. But it's not until you own the authority that God has given you. Jesus said in the Great Commission, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore, go. What's he saying? I'm equipping you with the authority. I'm giving you the authority. All the authority has been given to me. Here you go. Now you go and advance the kingdom. You further that administration of reconciliation. And so I share these things not so that we can be, uh, you know, we don't need to be looking for what is the system of darkness doing? What is the political spirit doing? What is the religious spirit doing? We just simply need to be aware. That's what Jesus said. Beware of the leaven of Herod, and the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, in our American mindset, when we hear beware, we're like, be very afraid. Beware the boogeyman. The word beware literally means be aware. Right? How many of you know that I'm, I'm aware of these steps? Right? Because I don't want to fall when I step down, right? I'm aware, but I'm not afraid of them. I'm just aware that's a current reality that I'll need to navigate in a specific way. Does that make sense? So we are to be aware of those things. You should have the discernment to understand, oh, that's what is at play here. And this is how the kingdom is the answer to that. That makes sense? All right. So I wanted to share that with you guys for the sake of an upgrade in discernment in navigating the advancement of the kingdom of light, which has power, influence, and authority, and favor, and a bunch of other good stuff so that you guys will have the ability to affect the culture of your city uh, by showing up as living encounters. Does that make sense? That's good? You guys get it? Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm going to have Ryan come up and just close out with a few thoughts that, uh, that of whatever he has. This dude is uh, uh, one of my best friends. We've been doing a lot of ministry together. Uh, awesome revelator, prophet, uh, uh, man, just moves apostolically in a lot of areas. And so if you've never heard Ryan Pena before, he's going to bless you. So give it up for Ryan. All right. Well, uh, I, I have, I've been having some stuff um, downloaded all morning for you guys, and so I'm excited to share some of this. Uh, you know, I've, I've just really enjoyed being here. There's, um, there's such a, uh, a healing atmosphere in this house. Like just, I don't only mean like physically, but, but even emotionally, um, uh, mentally, there's such a healing grace that abides here, and and uh, it's it's very evident in the spirit. It's very evident now. So so here's my thing. I I always want to try to be very sensitive to atmosphere. I want to be very sensitive to to what's being uh, what's happening uh, in the unseen. How many know we're supposed to be living from the unseen? 
right? So I love discernment. I love to, you know, ask the Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? Uh, what's, what's, what's the grace here? What's the anointing here, right? And, and where are you taking them? So, so I have a high value for the, for the prophetic. I have a high value for the voice of God. Amen. And so, um, in fact, I just want to, uh, wanted to just share this. Um, the sister right here on the end. Yeah. Yeah. You got, yeah. What's your name? Carrie. Um, so when I was sitting back there, I heard the Lord say that you're a woman of excellence. You're a woman of excellence. And I heard that it's a new time for you. Like you, you've shifted into a new time. I saw where you were rebuilding and repairing things. And, and in this new time, you would actually be building new things. So it's a season of the new. You've been in a season of, of restoring and rebuilding and, and, and fixing. Uh, but, then, but I see you shifting into a new time where you're actually going to build new things. And, and, and so it's like new dreams, uh, new visions, uh, just a, a whole season of, of brand new is what I keep seeing for you. And so, but the Lord said, you're a woman of excellence. And so I just want to bless you with that. And um, wow, thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Father, uh, that the word of the Lord is in her mouth. I thank you, Father, for the clarity that you are giving to her, uh, that as, as she moves forward, Lord, that you are directing her paths. And I thank you, Lord, for the new things that are being birthed in this time of her life and for her family, for her future. Lord, I just thank you for that. And, uh, and I just bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so I just you're going to start to see some new things. And I feel like it's even a, a clarity. Like, like there were things that you've been asking the Lord for that you hadn't been able to get clarity on. Um, but it was as you were completing some of these other assignments that as you've completed. So, so it's like the Lord's been teaching you um, not just a lot of people know how to start but don't know how to finish. And so you're a finisher. And so you've been finishing things, and so you're going to see the clarity come now uh, for the brand new. Amen. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, so good. All right. So thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. And so, um, so I, love the, I love the grace that's here. Um, even for, like, there's a grace here for rest. Rest. You know, where Jesus says, hey, everybody who's stressed and who's heavy laden and who's freaking out, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. My goodness. <laughs> There's an anointing on that right now. So, so listen, there, there is something here about the rest of the Lord. Enter into his rest. And I, can, I could feel that even during the worship. Like normally during worship, you know, I'm, I'm standing, I'm engaged, and I just, it's like, man, I, I feel like I could just sit here and get refreshed and rest. Amen. And so, so you have such a grace here for that, for the refreshing of the Lord, for the rest of God. And, um, and so, so I just bless that in this house. I love it. Um, and then, of, of course, the hospitality here is off the charts. Uh, Zoe, you and your husband, man, y'all have been blessing us so much these last couple of days. I just so grateful uh, for that hospitality. And it's, and it's over this uh, congregation like, y'all are always looking for where you can serve and where you can help. And, and it's like, where is there a need, right? And, and so, you know what that is? That's the heart of Jesus right there. Remember, Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. 
right? And, he, and you know what he said? He says, and I only do the things I see the Father do. So what does that mean? It means the Father is the greatest servant of all. He is the servant king. That's what's here. You're, 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 you're servant kings. You're learning how to operate in that. And just where do we, where do we plug in to meet the need? In the community, in, in, in families here, and in, in all of that. So, so I just love what's, what's happening here. I'm, I'm so grateful for, um, uh, for the leadership here. I'm so grateful for the house and, and the type of impact that you're going to have. Amen? And so, so from the time that I woke up this morning, and this happens, so, uh, so sometimes discernment for me will, um, like I'll feel something on, on my body, right? I'll feel something on my hands or, or whatever. And, and in some cases, uh, like it'll feel like my lips are on fire. <laughs> and whenever that happens, I know it's Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. You remember when... Um, it says there in Isaiah 6 that it says king, the king was dead. And Isaiah says this. Isaiah says, uh, he says, the king Uzziah is dead. He says, everybody in the nation is, is rebelling against God. He goes and he, he says, and, and even the leadership, even myself, he says, he says, I'm a man of, of unclean lips, right? He says, I'm a man who's unclean also. So what's, what's Isaiah referring to, and I love what Dub was talking about. Isaiah is saying the political system is messed up. The king is dead. He says everybody in the nation is all in sin. And even the, the, those who are the religious leaders, he says myself, the religious leaders, he goes, even we're unclean. So Isaiah is pointing to everything is wrong and negative and problematic. And do you remember what happens? There's these angelic creatures these seraphim, these fiery ones. And you know what it says? It says that they take coals, hot burning coals from the altar and they touch Isaiah's lips. They touch his lips. And all of a sudden, something shifts. See, the, the, the one who should have been speaking in alignment with heaven Isaiah, a prophet who should, have, who should have been speaking what heaven is declaring, he needs his lips to get touched by the altar of the Lord, by the living coals. And, and you remember when those angelic creatures come in, do you remember what they're saying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the whole earth is what? The whole earth is full of His glory. Wait a second, that's not what Isaiah is saying. Why did the coals need to touch his lips? Because even though he's supposed to be a representative of the Lord, he is not declaring correctly what heaven is declaring. We got a political problem. The king is dead. We got a, we got a sin problem. Everybody's in sin. We got a religious problem. Even the leaders are unclean. And, and heaven has to come and take the coals and touch his lips and say, Isaiah, there's a different word that heaven is declaring from what you've declared. The whole earth is full of His glory, Isaiah. The whole earth is full of His... Conroe is full of His glory. Your communities are full of His glory. Houston is full of His glory. And somebody's got to get the coals from the altar upon their lips and start speaking a word that matches what heaven is saying. 
And so since the moment I woke up, my lips have been on fire, and it has not stopped. I'm like, Lord, man, what is going on here? And so this whole thing of Isaiah 6 just kept uh, burning on my heart. Uh, there is, there is a, an alignment that is taking place. We could even say a realignment, right? Getting back into alignment with what heaven is declaring. And so there's a language shift that's taking place. Amen? And there's a language shift taking place here. Even in our intercession. Even in our understanding of how we approach God. Because the, the reality is this. Um, you know, God said in, in uh, Genesis, He says, every seed must produce according to its own kind. Every seed must produce. And then he says every tree must produce. Every, every animal must produce. Everything must produce according to its own kind. So the question is this. Did God produce according to His own kind? <laughs> did God produce according to His... So, how many of you know that Adam did not fall from heaven? Adam fell from dominion. So Jesus as the last Adam, oh, see, he's not the last Abraham. <laughs> he's not the last Moses. He's the last Adam because he's come to restore what the first lost and then bring upgrades to it even more. So, so, so Adam does not fall from heaven. Adam falls from dominion. Adam falls from the very image and likeness. And so Jesus comes to restore all of this so that you are not walking in the earth. Adam wasn't asking anybody. Adam was not, well, can, Lord, can I name it this? Can I call it that? Lord, what would you call this, Lord? Father, show me. Just show me, Lord. What do I call it? Because the dream of God is not to have, is not to just have, um, you know, people who are like, oh, begging God and dependent on God. His dream is to actually multiply his nature and his, his quality of existence so that he can actually delight in what you and I create and what we call into existence. And so the coals are touching our lips to where we're no longer beggars, we're actually co-creators. And that we're actually speaking what He says about it. We're not complaining about the king who's dead or the political system or, or what everybody else is doing or, the, or this and that. We're actually speaking a word that aligns with heaven. The whole earth is full of His glory. And so this is where we're learning how to, to cooperate with Him. And we're learning how to actually function in the dream of God. God never sleeps, but He dreams. You know, I had, I had this encounter one time where the Lord said to me, at what point did you become worthy of love? And I said, well, now this was several years ago. And I was like, well, Lord, I guess, I, I guess the cross, I guess the cross made me worthy of love. Lord. And He said, no. He said, you became worthy of love when I first imagined you before time ever began. He said, in fact, the cross happened because I deemed you worthy of love. The cross didn't happen to make you worthy. The cross happened because you were worthy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like that, Lord. And, and, it, and it begins to speak because we, we, 
Religion will, will teach us there's something inherently wrong with you. That God has to tolerate or God has to kind of like, well, let me just put Jesus on you so I can look at you because I don't. And, and there's something that, that just teaches us that God is tolerating rather than God is actually in love. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the fact that He is love means that He doesn't know how to love 99%. He doesn't know how to love apart from His entire existence, His entire being. Because it's not, love is not something He does, it is, it's who He is, right? So He doesn't know how to love a believer fully. In fact, here's, here's some crazy verses in John. It says that with the same love that the Father has loved Jesus, He loves you. The exact same love. Now, how many of you would think, man, I mean, for sure, I know, I know Father loves Jesus, but, you know, it's a little different with us. It's not what Scripture says. All right? That's not what Scripture says at all. And so, so this, this, I believe that the Lord is shifting our language. That's what the coals are about, right? He is shifting our language. And so what I, what I see with this house is you are finding your voice. You are finding your voice and there is a language shift that is taking place where you will not enter into intercession simply from that place of asking, but you're entering that, that, that intercession as kings who are coming into agreement with what heaven has already said. And you're actually speaking. So, so there's a shift that takes place asking God, Lord, would you come and bless our city, Lord? Oh, Lord, would you come and show up in our service? Oh, God, would you do this? And you shift that to where you understand His will, you understand His heart, you understand your identity, and you actually speak into the earth, and you speak into situations as though you know this is the heart of God. Right? So, so we're not, oh, God, would you please just bless Conroe? In fact, when Jesus says in Matthew 6.10, um, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if you look at that, if you study it, it is not asking. It is actually a command. It is actually, it would actually be better read this way. Kingdom, come. Will of God, be done. On earth, as it is in heaven. That's the standard. That's the model. On earth, as it is in heaven. It is not, oh, Father, would you let your kingdom come? Oh, Lord, would you let your will be done? Oh, Father, we pray that you would just do this. No, it's you are operating with him because you know his heart. You know his dream. You know his authority. You know your identity. Conroe, kingdom of God, come. Will of God be done in Conroe. Will of God be done in Houston. And whatever the circumstances, there's a language shift that takes place. When you get the coals from the altar upon your lips, you start talking like heaven. You're not begging anymore. You're like, boom, this is it. And so, so that, that you begin to co-create with Him. You begin to co-create with Him. And so you partner with Him. Your, his dream comes to pass through you. Amen? And so, so this is what I, I just wanted to share with you all today, uh, that the, the dominion peace is entering into your language. I see that authority, that dominion, that kingship, that rulership peace entering into the language of this house. And that's part of the coals that are coming in to touch our lips. Amen. Do you receive that? Does that make sense? 
And so, uh, so thank you, Father, for that. Let's just stand together. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> when a son becomes a king, his language shifts. When a daughter becomes a queen, her language shifts. Something begins to change. Something begins to awaken. And, and that's what's happening in this house. And you're beginning to realize the, the authority that you carry. And, and, and so this is one of the things, you know, what Dub was talking about today was so important. You know, religion will always try to minimize what the Father has accomplished. For example, religion will minimize the cross only to the forgiveness of sin. You're forgiven, but don't go any further than that. It, it, it's, you know, actually forgiveness is not even the primary goal of the cross. <laughs> that sounds so heret heretical, <laughs> heretical there, sorry. Uh, so what? No, that, listen, I didn't say it wasn't part of the function, but it's not even the primary. Because, because really what Jesus did on the cross was he put to death the Adamic, uh, the Adamic nature, if you will, right? He put to death that, that old man. And then when, and, and so here's the thing, Jesus didn't simply die for you, he died as you. This is why Scripture says you were co-crucified, co-buried, co-raised, co-seated with Him. Right? So, so you actually are a whole brand new creation. And religion will try to minimize the cross only to forgiveness so that, okay, maybe you, you were forgiven, but you're still filthy, you're still wretched, you're still worthless, there's still something wrong with you. And so you live in this place of, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And, and the, I mean, I've heard it preached, man. The only difference between us and the world, brethren, is that we're forgiven. So Jesus is holding unforgiveness in his heart? We're going to need another weekend. <laughs> oh, snap. Okay, so, all right, we're, we're not going to go theological right now. Just go, let's keep it, stay focused, Ryan. <clears throat> the, the thing is this, is that you actually are a whole new creation. You're a whole new, you're a, Paul doesn't even have language. He's like, you're a whole new creature. You're a whole new creature in Christ. And so, so this is where you, you and I begin to understand that we have been brought into a whole new creation where we get to participate with God to fulfill His dream for the earth. And so, so I, I want to just release this to you. Um, uh, the, the, the family right here, brother, you got a black sweater. Your wife just sat down. Yeah, yeah, you I just keep seeing the, the blessings of the Lord chasing you down. And I see where, um, where you are called not only to have provision, but you are called to be providers. And that you have gone through the school of hard knocks, and you've gone through, through, through the things where, man, we, you can look back and say, oh, we made those decisions, man. We made some terrible decisions. But I'm telling you, but the, Lord, but the Lord has redeemed. The Lord has taught. The Lord has brought you out. And you are going to begin to help others to know how to handle the resources of heaven. 
The Lord has called y'all to, to, to not just get by. The Lord has called y'all to actually uh, live in the abundance of the kingdom of God and to bring evidence of the abundance of the kingdom. And the Lord has called y'all to walk as royalty. I see the royalty that's on y'all. And so there's a royalty on you, and you're going to help others to, to learn how to walk as kings, how to walk as queens, how to walk as ambassadors, how to walk in the provision of God. And so I just bless your family with the provision of the Lord and declare that the blessings chase you down, that the opportunities um, that, they, that they are just opening up before you, that you're not seeking, they're seeking you. And I thank you, Lord, that you are sending the, um, the, the connections, you're sending uh, the contracts, you're sending all the ideas and the creativeness of heaven upon their life, Lord. And I just say to you that there is a shift taking place now, that there was something you'll recognize in, in a year from now, you'll look back and say, at that point, everything began to change. Everything began to change. And um, man, thank you, Lord, for that. Oh my goodness, I just love what I see on y'all. <laughs> and, um, hmm. yeah, uh, what, what's your name, sister? Natasha? I'll tell you, uh, Natasha, you have, um, you have this ability to, um, to bring others into the grace that you carry. And it's because there's a, there's a counsel in your, like you have the spirit of counsel upon you. And, um, and I just see where you're like, um, no, like um, you're a straight shooter is what I see. All right? You're a straight shooter. Uh, you don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> Why is your husband laughing? <laughs> so, <laughs> you're a straight shooter. You don't sugarcoat it. And, um, but, but you know how to speak to people that even when it's, when it's uh, like that kind of serious situation, it's still from the motive of love. It's still from the motive of love because you love them. And, you know, and, and so you know how to walk with people through their process is what I see. And so, um, so I just bless you and I, and I just declare that the, um, I keep seeing like the sword of the Lord in your mouth. I just see when you speak. And so it's like that Hebrews 4.12, right? It's, able, it's a discerner of the heart and it's able to separate soul and spirit and all of that. And so, um, so I just bless you and, and just declare that that's going to become more clear to you. Amen. And, and, uh, and I feel like the Lord has even been teaching you how to be very careful with the things that you would say, even about your own finances and your family and your situation. Does that make sense to you? And, and uh, so because of, the, because of the authority that you carry, and so there's, a, there's that, like what I'm talking about, the language shift, right? So I can say, man, I don't have enough, or I can say, thank you, God, for what I do have. So Jesus never starts a conversation with what do we need? He says, what do we have? That's a word for, for a lot of us in here. He never started the conversation, well, well guys, what do we need here? Uh, you know, Jesus, we've got a lot of people to feed. He always starts the conversation with what do we have? And so, we, well, we got a few loaves and a few fish, right? Perfect. Bring it. And so, so he blesses it, right? He blesses it, and, 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 and then he begins to multiply it, right? So I just feel like the Lord is, is shifting your language to just blessing, and blessing, and I'm, and I'm not looking at what we need. I'm looking at what we have, and I bless what we have, Amen. And so, thank you, Lord, for that. All right, so I got to move on, or I'm just going to keep prophesying over that couple. So, <laughs> I just feel like I'm just going into the river of prophetic. We're going to be there for like ten minutes. <laughs> oh man, thank you, Lord, for that. Um, 
But yeah, there's, there's, such a, uh, there's such a grace right now for, for the language shift. Amen? And I feel like that when I said that about he doesn't start the conversation with what do we need, but with what do we have, something, there was a wind that came in the room. There was something that just began to come in, and, and it, it's just shifting the mindset, right? We need to start focusing on what do we have. And, and you know what will happen? I'm going to tell you one of the most powerful things right now is Thanksgiving. And I don't mean that because... <laughs> Actually, let's say gratefulness. <laughs> gratitude, right? Gratitude. There's something so powerful right now about gratitude because what we give thanks for, the, the loaves and the fish, when he gave thanks for it and when he blessed it, it actually removed the natural limitations of what that should have been able to accomplish. So, I, so you, you know, you got thousands over here that need to be, you know, uh, dollars that need that are needed over here, and you got like a couple of hundred. But when you bless it and when you give thanks for it, the physical limitations or the natural limitations of that couple hundred dollars gets broken off, and all of a sudden you start to see where the multiplication comes in, and the increase comes in. And so, so I just I just bless y'all with that, and I say to this house that you will be a house of increase, that you will be a house of gratitude. And that you will be a house that knows how to see the multiplication and steward the multiplication. Amen. And, um, man, thank you, Lord. This, uh, one, two, this third row right here, Zoe, the row that you're, that whole row right there, I just keep seeing um, just the grace of the Lord on that row. I just bless you in Jesus' name. I just keep seeing the river increasing uh, in, your, in your lives, in your homes, in your families. And so, Father, I, I just bless them in Jesus' name. Um, sister, right here in the end, you have a, there's a river of creativity that you function in. Uh, you, you have such a creative spirit about you. And, uh, and so I just see the river rising in your life. Um, there, but there's also understanding that's increasing in your life. And, and um, wow, thank you, Lord, for that. I just see where the Lord is, is beginning to bring clarity to some questions, clarity to some circumstances, clarity some, to some things that happen that you didn't have understanding for or understanding about. And, and, um, and so some of this is going to come about where the Lord is going to begin to teach you um, the, the, the things that have happened. Remember, like with Peter, right? He says to Peter, he says, but when you've been converted, he, goes, he says, listen, some stuff's going to try to hit you, but when you've shifted out of that, go and strengthen your brethren. So I see the grace over your life to be a strength to people around you. And, and that's why you have felt in times past like you weren't very strong. And you're, you felt very fragile. But the Lord has, has, has spoken into who you are. And I saw where the cracks in your foundation got healed. And I saw where the Lord has built a strong, firm foundation in your heart and in your life. And you've become a woman that is beginning to understand your identity. And you're, gonna, and you're a woman that's also going to speak to the identity of others around you. So, so there's a strength in you that you have begun to discover, but you've not even seen the fullness yet. That's what I saw. And um, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. Yeah. And so, um, man, thank you, Jesus. I kept seeing wood. I was like, why do I keep seeing wood? And I, I just, I really sensed um, part of that. I was like, Lord, what is that about? And I, I think part of that is that whole builder that builder grace, and so so there's a builder grace on you uh, to actually to actually help others to build the right conclusions and the right understanding, because they have faulty foundations, they have broken foundations they cannot build on. So you're going to come in and help them build on solid foundations. Amen. Does that make sense to you? 
And um, so thank you, Lord, for that. Sister, God bless you. I just want to encourage you. Um, I just thank you, Lord, for your strength being poured into my sister right now. And I thank you, Lord, that she is a pillar of strength, that she is, she is one that encourages, and she is consistently rejoicing in the blessings of others. I see that, you, that when others are blessed, when others are prospering, the, the excitement that it brings to your heart, the joy that it brings to your heart, and that you, it's like you feel like, man, I'm blessed just because they're blessed. And, and, uh, and so I just, I just thank you, Lord, for her heart and for her strength. And I just speak the, the energy of God into you, the strength of God into you. This is, uh, this is a, a refirement time in your life. And so I bless that. There's just like a new fire uh, of the Lord inside of you. And, uh, and so, Lord, we just we give you thanks. We give you thanks, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. I felt that just <laughs> felt such a grace of fire touching your heart, and and I, the Lord loves that you actually get more excited when others are blessed than even if you are blessed. Like it blesses you, and and so that's um, that's such a quality of His heart, isn't it? Yeah, and and so um, so I just say to you, there's more to be done in the kingdom through your life. There's more to be done in the kingdom through your life, and and uh, you're a woman of encouragement. You're a woman uh, that, that is able to, um, to, to bring the, the joy of the Lord into situations around you and bring perspective when people are confused. And, uh, and when, when they, it's like they're complaining about all this, and you're like, yeah, but you know what? But let's look at this. And you shift their vision. You shift their perspective to what God is wanting them to focus on. Amen? So, so that's good. I like that. Yeah, amen. Okay. Um, what time do the other denominations go to lunch around here? <laughs> yeah, we fast. I'm in the wrong church then. <laughs> Son, bring me my protein bar. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Um, man, I just, I just thank you, Lord. There's such a, um, there's like this joy. I, I, there's this, there's a ref- refreshing that's taking place right now and a, and a joy that's taking place. Um, it's like there, you're, there's a season shift that's taking place, and I and I and I just call you into that into that new. I call you, uh, I call you over <laughs> over the river, over the water. I call you into the new place that God has for you, and I just say to you that you have uh, you have gleaned from everything in the field that you have been in, and the Lord is placing you into a new grazing ground. Uh, and it's going to cause for there to be a, a refreshing and and even a rejoicing taking place in your hearts. And so, uh, so yeah, Lord, I just thank you for that. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. I better, I better, we better shift. Because <laughs> I just, I just feel like we could get lost in stuff. And, um, but, but Lord, I release the coals of heaven. I release the coals of heaven, Lord, that, that the coals would touch our lips, that we would be the voices, the representatives of what heaven is declaring. That regardless of what the political is saying, regardless of what the religious is saying, regardless of, of what anything else is saying, I thank you, Lord, that we will speak and see and operate from what heaven declares. 
So I release to you the coals of heaven that cause you to be a voice of what the Father is declaring and that the language in this house would match and, and reflect the language of heaven. And so I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I better, I better go. <laughs> Woo. Man, thank you, bro. Man, was that good? Yes. whole weekend has been great, amen? Yes. Um, so Justin had to leave. He had to bail uh, to catch an Uber to get back to Saginaw. Not the Uber, but to get to the get to the airport. That's a long Uber, man. Um, but, um, I, I'm gonna, I'm already connected with him. If any of y'all want to connect with him, um, you know, and just be able to continue to pray for him, man, uh, with what he's doing in Saginaw, he's going into Flint, uh, and they go straight into the worst places, man. And they're, they're not afraid. They're going with some Amish people, right? It's just, it's so crazy what's going on there. It's so cool. Ryan actually is in San Antonio, just up the road here. And uh, um, if, um, if you want to follow him on Facebook and stuff, man, let me know if, or if you're not following him already. Uh, man, there's just so much that he does uh, all over the place. And y'all can see that, man, the Lord uses him. Amen? Yeah? Uh, and also, if you want the, if there was a word that was spoken over you and you want that, I, I recorded all of them. I wasn't texting I was, I'm recording, right, and uh, separating them, putting titles and all that, so if you need that, it'll be on YouTube as well uh, here next week some point, but, uh, and if you're not following Dub, uh, man, there's, there's still one more book up here if anybody came in and didn't get one. Um, man, it's just an amazing weekend. I, I hope that, I know that our biggest goal is exactly what you just ended with, is about stepping into that new season. That's what we've been saying is... I think we even told you guys that, that what we were talking about is, you know, we've been uh, diving in deep to identity and purpose uh, for the last two years, and it's time to make that shift into actually implementing uh, the knowledge and the strength that we have gained about kingdom and really about who we are. And so, man, there's so much to, uh, uh, this has been the fire hose to the face for me. So much to process, so much to go through and see, and uh, we got a lot of stuff to figure out, right, and process. It's really cool. But, um, man, we thank everyone for, for just your support this weekend and coming out. Uh, we're definitely going to, um, you know, we'll, Dub's family, him and Beth and Cinda, their family, so they'll be back around a whole lot, I'm sure. We're going um, to put a tracker on Ryan, one that will bring him back when I push the button. <laughs> Yeah, he's just a, he's just up the road, so that's that's easy. Just and he comes back, right? But um, man, thank you all so much for pouring into us this weekend. Uh, man, that word, Beth, that was amazing. You know, uh, second most important name in the whole Bible was in that word. It's just so cool. So I love it that Jesus does what he does. He's so amazing. So good. So good. So good. And um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, babe, do you want to add anything? You got anything to throw down? No? All right, man. Uh, please, if you can, uh, you know, we, uh, we're changing our language about tithing and offering. And <gasps> oh, my God. Hashtag heresy, right? <laughs> um, 
do we need uh, finances for the church to, for it to continue to grow and move and do what we're doing? Yes, we do. It takes money. Uh, but the principle of the new covenant is sowing and reaping. And you and I had a conversation about that. And we've been just exploring that and um, looking at that language. Uh, it's Texas. We need air conditioning, right? Uh, you know, Raquel and I, we don't, we don't take a salary. We're, we're actually investing back into what you guys are doing and who you're becoming. Uh, and so, man, if you want to invest in what God's doing, that's great. But we would ask if, man, just ask the Lord about what to give towards this weekend, towards Dub and Beth and what they've come and, and brought for us. You can give on the app. You can give in a check or cash or whichever way. There's the plates back there. Sarah right there. Um, she can help you with the app if you need help with that. But, uh, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's just ask the Lord about that. But, man, thank you all so much. And uh, can we all stand for a second? Um, so good. Amen? Yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about the school. We, we barely touched on, on the school that, uh, that Beth started. Man, it's so cool. It's a kingdom-minded uh, school for kids. Like, I mean, you know, she's been a public educator, uh, and it's just so cool that she's going after that. I love how you break down one of the simplest um, examples of how to apply the kingdom in a place of business or in a place outside of a church setting is about her classroom and what she would do. And uh, I'm not going to keep y'all here because I can see lubies over all y'all's foreheads. So, <laughs> But uh, uh, I've mentioned that a couple of times, actually, and uh, it's just so cool how to practically bring the kingdom into a place uh, where, you, uh, where you are walking or where you're living or where you're working. Amen? It's very simple because Jesus is very simple. He's love, right? It's so cool. But, um, man, uh, Thela, Thelia Academy. Sorry, I get it right one of these days. I'm not Greek, so. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's a Greek word, right? Isn't that what it, see? See? Got part of it right? Anyway, uh, Man, uh, check it out and uh, give them some love and support, you know, follow them on Facebook. I think you're on Facebook with it, right? Yeah? Okay. And Marilyn can give you some info, too, because she actually works in the school as well. Uh, so, man, Father, we just thank you for every single person that has been, that's listening, even those online right now. Uh, we, we thank you so much for this weekend, for the excitement, for the clarity. We thank you for the words. We thank you for the direction, the instruction. We thank you for the hearts of our good friends that have come and poured into us. And we thank you for the messages, for the callings, for the clarity that they have. And uh, we just thank you, Father, for what you've done. We ask just multiple blessing upon them, more clarity in their life. And uh, Lord, man, just, just drench them with more of you in Jesus' name. I know that that's a, I'm trying to change that language too because they already have all of you. I know that, Jesus. It's all about open their capacity to receive more. There we go. See, I'm learning, yeah. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. amen. Yeah, and don't look at that. There's Ezekiel. Hey, Ezekiel, give us a big, high, a big wave right there. <laughs> big wave, and that's Ryan's son. That's cool, man. He's a cool dude, man. Give him a high five, right? We love you all. God bless you. Be safe, and we will see you on Sunday, right? Yeah. All right, peace out.